0: What is up ladies and gentlemen, left bench here, I am Evan Deck. Oh wait, Dante Esposito is not here, ladies and gentlemen, he is feeling a little bit under the weather today. Very unfortunate, we got a lot of good stuff to get into, so we're going to head right into it. Starting off with the headlines of the week, obviously, the Olympics are now over, I didn't watch them personally, in Ch- they were in China, Japan, that side of the world not the best times for me to be watching them as a college student but for the total medal count the year the top 5 countries number 1 is Norway they had 37 total number 2 is Russia they have 32 total number 3 comes in at Germany with 27 total 4 is Canada no surprise that they're in the top 5 26 and then 5 USA born in the USA we had 25 total Amazing job that we got in the top five I'm surprised Canada is not higher, but uh, maybe they would get higher if they had the uh, men's hockey team For men's hockey Finland won the gold for the first time ever um, Which isn't really that surprising? Because there's no NHL players in there. So they were more up to speed with the level of play Shockingly some of the Russians after the game the gold medal game. They did not wear their silver medals Not the first time we've seen this It's Bush League. It's the Olympics grow up put your medal on Show some respect. Simple as that. And Slovakia beat Sweden for bronze. That one's all. That one's actually surprising, though, because Sweden's pretty good. They got some pretty good young talent. That's what they're known for, so I'm surprised they didn't come away with the bronze. Trouble for one of the highest-ranked high school and college basketball players? We'll look at that in the NBA section. There's 26 days till the NHL trade deadline. That's coming up next. And the college football attendance hits the... Has been the lowest it has been in 40 years. It's declined for the seventh straight year. That's not good for college. They got to fix that. All right, heading into the NHL section. This past week, Colorado Avalanche star Nathan McKinnon slashed a ref off the faceoff. I guess he didn't like the call on the faceoff, maybe dropped the puck on the other side. You don't slash him, that's not what you do. Five years ago, Anton Vermette did the same thing and got a 10 game suspension. Nathan McKinnon's not going to see any fines, any suspensions. So that makes me think when you're a star in the NHL, do you get less calls on you? Because that's disgusting of hitting an official with the state, slashing anyone just out of nowhere is not right, but especially an official when they're not even in play, technically. Longtime Boston Bruins, Dana Chara, passes Mark Messier for most career wins at 865. He currently sits at 7th, with the only player currently above him being Joe Thornton with 907. I do not believe he will catch up to Joe Thornton at all in his career. Chara also passes Chris Chelios for most career games played by a defenseman in NHL history with 1,652. Amazing career by Chara. Long career by Chara. He's the oldest player in the four major league sports in North America right after Brady retired. And he's the oldest hockey player to score in, the, in a while because they're just not playing that long anymore. Last person to play at this age was Jager. Now he's in the Czech League, still playing at the age of 50. So maybe uh, Big Z's got some more, some more time for him. Sean Avery. Haven't heard that name in a while in the sports world because he has been retired. Ex-New York Rangers signed with the Solar Bear, the Lightning affiliate, earlier this week. And just 31 minutes ago, he was released. Sean Avery was a goon when he was on the Rangers. I don't know what his goal here to sign with the Solar Bears was. Obviously, it didn't go very far as he only made it under a week. Even if he did stay on the team, though, he would not have had much playing time. He's not a good player. He's 41. I don't know what he's trying to get at there. A big social media move, I think, for him because he's big on the Instagram platform. But clown stuff from him. I don't know what he's trying to get at there. Rodin Amirov, a Maple Leafs first round 2020 prospect, has a brain tumor and will be out for the season. But that is the main concern, obviously. His health is, obviously. And hopefully he can make a comeback if that's possible after something so serious. I'm not sure, but prayers up for him. And the Leafs sent out a great video to him, which I'm sure really hit home for him because they're a great organization and they really did a lot for him. The Coyotes had two minor trades with the Maple Leafs where they took draft picks for low-level players. This brings the Coyotes draft pick count in 2022 to 12 picks. Three firsts and five seconds and some others later on. But I'm just focusing on the main picks that could really get some franchise-changing players. Then, in the 2023 draft, they have nine picks as well. Finally, in 2024, they have 12 picks yet again. Arizona. Arizona. plain and simple. If you guys can just draft some players you guys can have an amazing fan base the future that you could have if you get an arena going you get some more fans you pack that arena if you get that arena going you could have an amazing franchise the amount of young players that they could be getting from these drafts if they draft well that could be a dynasty down in arizona or the next city that they move on to could have a dynasty too and they wouldn't even have to work for it because arizona could do all the drafting for them or on the other hand Arizona can completely just botch every single one of those picks and it's not out of the question They don't have the best draft history So I could definitely see it happening Stadium series game is tomorrow forgot all about it NHL marketing for that has been atrocious I saw one thing about it on Instagram and Twitter in the past two weeks Should be a good game though Nashville versus Predators uh, Every outdoor game is always fun to watch always to see how they incorporate the uh, stadium that they're in they always have some bands during the intermissions. Always a fun time, though. The weather, though. Now, the Winter Classic, obviously, negative six. Freezing cold. This, 32 to 50 degrees. If that's leaning towards the 50-degree size, they might have another situation like the Lake Tahoe at- outdoor game between Boston and Philadelphia, where they had to ch- cancel the game and put it back later in the night. Because if it's too warm, obviously, that ice will melt, and you do need ice to play hockey. Cole Caulfield has been reignited with the addition of Marty St. Louis, as the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. The rookie has six goals and four assists in seven games. Beginning of the season, I'm pretty sure he was everyone's Calder favorite. Rookie of the year favorite, nothing. Canadians, brutal start. He was even more of a brutal start, and now that finally they got a new coach and he's finally getting back on track, so that's good for good for him because being a Calder like, favorite before the season and then putting up abysmal numbers is just not good. And Nashville Predators retire number thirty-five in honor of Pekka Rinne. Very deserving. I know Nashville's had some memes in the past about them putting up banners for no reason, but this banner was very well deserved. Pekka Rinne, an outstanding goalie, the face of Nashville for so long, and uh, got that last goalie goal right before the season, before his career ended. And that's really good to hear. Now we got a new little something coming up because, tw- uh, like I said before, the trade deadline being twenty-six days away, we got my buddy Braden's trade board. Now, my buddy Braden. I'd say my hockey knowledge is only second to one person, and it's him. He knows about everything, so I, I asked him for some help right now because I'm by myself, so I, uh, I got some I got some information from him, and we're going to go over it. We're going to see where the top free agents could land or pending free agents for the trade deadline. So the number one, probably the best guy on this list, Phil Forsberg from the National Predators. Braden thinks he, he's going to Edmonton, and I mean, I, I tend to agree right there. He's a UFA at the end of the season. They're, they need something back. National needs to get something back in return for him. And, I mean, Edmonton needs all the scoring they can get. This is a worse season than last year, so I think anything would help there. Now, this one is crazy. I never saw to see the day where Claude Giroux could be getting traded from the Philadelphia Flyers. Whenever I think of Philadelphia Flyers, I think of Claude Giroux, the ginger beard, matching with the orange jerseys. He's just been a Philadelphia Flyer my whole life, and I can't see him in any other jersey. But as we said in the last podcast, and as Braden does like to agree with me on this one, it looks like he could be heading to the Colorado Avalanche. And that's another player where that team needs to get something in return for them. They've been there for so long, zero cups for both of those franchises, so that player didn't give much to the franchise in terms of cups, but they need to get something in return for such a high-level player. Now, heading over to the West Coast, Tomas Hurdle, San Jose Sharks forward, is a UFA at the end of this year, but Braden tends to think that he's going to be staying in San Jose. Personally, I think San Jose needs to start a rebuild. I don't think they're going to be winning anytime soon, and I think they need to get something for him because if they let Tomas Hurdle walk... That's a big, that's, that's big that's a big problem. They'll be losing potential picks, potential players that they put, could be getting to build their future, offer nothing because I do not think a playoff push is in the San Jose Sharks future. Heading up to Vancouver, JT Miller, who had a fantastic night last night. I think he's going to stay there. I think Vancouver is having a good s- turnaround to this season since Christmas break, and I think he could be a big part of that. They're a young core. They could use a little bit of his veteran presence. So I think he's going to stay in there, and Braden does agree with me on that one. Goalie on the list, Mark andre Fleury. Now, this one, when I looked at it, I disagreed 100% with Braden, but he has them going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. You see... Marc-Andre Fleury obviously longtime Pittsburgh Penguin reunite at the end of his career oh beautiful story I don't think that story is going to get written Marc-Andre Fleury has such a heavy cap hit where it just doesn't seem like it'd be beneficial for the Penguins who are really kind of in win now mode but at the same time have zero future whatsoever they're on the cusp of win now mode because they got the Crosby Malkin Getzel Letang but that's and a lot of other role players. Pittsburgh's got a lot of role players. And then the thing is, though, Tristan Jari, not the best goaltender. The Devils put up six on him. And, I mean, if the Devils are putting up six on you, you might want to question that position change. So maybe Fleury could be a fit in there. I just don't see it with how much heavy of a cap hit he has. Now, to arguably the best defenseman on this list, Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes, an absolute stud on defense, not even a free agent at the end of this season. This one, I think, is so up in the air. I think he could stay. I think he could go. Arizona, obviously, as I stated before, they're just loading up on the picks, just trying to hit as many good guys in the draft as they can. You could definitely get some high-level picks for Jacob Chikrin and some players coming across, too, and take some of those heavy contracts, get some more players. That might be an ideal thing for Arizona to do, but at the same time, maybe they try to rebuild around him. Maybe, I don't know if they think that timeline won't line up with Jacob Chikrin's next contract extension, but... He is a solid player. Wherever he goes, I know he will make a direct impact. I know earlier in the season he was looking at the Rangers were looking at him, and Ranger fans were all ecstatic about that because that would just give a big man to their core, and that would really—I'd be scared of the Rangers even more than I already am if they got Jacob Chickering. Staying on the blue line, John Klingberg of the Dallas Stars. He is a UFA. I think he's staying. Brayden thinks he's staying. You can't let a player like that leave. At all in your career, you got to sign him before probably the trade deadline. If not, maybe get rid of him, but I can't see him leaving. He's going to be a crucial part to Dallas if they want to make a playoff push, which they do have some key players to make that push, but we'll see how that goes because they've been very shaky since their Stanley Cup appearance two years ago in the bubble where they lost to the Lightning. And the Lightning seem to have destroyed two organizations after beating them in the Cup, the Stars and the Canadiens. The Canadiens win more than the Stars, though, but not good for either of those two teams. Now this is another situation where this player might be going Well, Braden thinks he's going back to his old team That player on the blue line again is Mark Giordano The Seattle Kraken, taken in the expansion draft Definitely broke the hands of millions of Flames fans If there are a million of Flames fans, I doubt it But I think Braden and I think he's going back He's a UFA Flames have been making a push They've been having a great season Johnny Hockey's been playing unbelievable hockey I think he could head back there I wouldn't want to stay in Seattle if I'm him, so I think he's leaving at the end of this season anyway, so Seattle might want to get something in return, especially being such a new organization and not having any prospect pool. Andrew Kopp on this list. I don't know why he's on this list. Winnipeg player. I think he stays in Winnipeg. Role player, nothing too special. I think Winnipeg could really benefit from keeping him around. Ricard Raquel, an interesting player, very streaky from the Anaheim Ducks. Another UFA at the end of the season. I think he's heading to L.A., I just don't think the timetable fits with Zegers and Drysdale in Anaheim, so I think they got to send them off. Um, LA, I don't know what LA is doing down there. They could—they're kind of building for now. They're kind of building for the future. They got a whole mix going on, so they're kind—they're kind of in limbo right now, which is the worst place to be in hockey because when you're in limbo, you get those like 10 to 15th overall picks in the draft. Nothing too special there. It's not the best situation. Brandon Hagel of the Chicago Blackhawks. I think he stays. The Devils have had some interest in him. I just can't see a trade going through. He's got a couple of years left on his contract. Not a big contract, but I just can't see him leaving. Now, and one of the older players on this le- list on the blue line, Jeff Petrie of the Montreal Canadiens, I think he stays. But if someone is willing to trade for this man, it is going to be a ginormous cap hit on that team. He does bring veteran presence to that defensive line, but is it worth it for that contract? I don't think so. He's, he's, He's played good his whole career, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think teams that are trying to make playoff pushes want someone of that age with that amount of money. Talking about age, the man who looks like he should be in his 40s, but is actually in his early 30s. Phil the Thrill Kessel of the Arizona Coyotes. One place where this man should be trying to not go is the Edmonton Oilers, but I think he's going to be sent there. He doesn't really have a choice, obviously, but I could definitely see him going there. They, Like I said before, they need a scorer. Phil Kessel, that's what he's known for, putting the puck in the net. Absolute beautiful shot. He's a UFA. Again, Arizona can just get, I don't know if they can get many picks for him, but they can definitely get something, and, I mean, anything's better than what Arizona's got now. Phil Kessel obviously does not fit the Arizona rebuild plan. So I could definitely see him not being an Arizona Coyote at the end of the season. And, I mean, it's definitely a step up going from Arizona to Edmonton playing-wise. Weather-wise, probably not. But I think Phil could definitely benefit from that, especially towards the end of his career, maybe try to make a couple more pushes. Now, the only New Jersey Devil on this list. I don't know how he's on this list. I don't know why he's on this list. One of the biggest busts in New Jersey Devil's franchise history, Pavel Zaka. Pavel. I don't like him. He's not a good player. Overrated. Well, oh, I don't know why he was drafted that high. So many players behind him drafted that are playing now. Well, amazingly, I think he's going to stay in New Jersey. Sadly, we have been trying to shop him around for quite a bit. Obviously, nothing has happened because he's been in, still in Jersey and he's an RFA. So I think he'll be in Jersey. Sadly, again, one more Chicago Blackhawk player on this list, Dominic Kublik. I think he'll be heading to the Oilers. Brain thinks he's going to be heading to the Oilers. They need scoring. He can score. He's an RFA too, so that's interesting to keep an eye on. Now, one of the players here that could be going to the New York Rangers, Brayden thinks. Brayden is a Rangers fan. Kale Jankr from the Seattle Kraken. Now, this would be a very interesting pick up for the Rangers. I don't know what they would want to give up for him because they kind of have. They're kind of building for the future. I mean, they're already winning now, but. It's the future the Rangers are worried about, and I don't think that they want to give up too much for a player of that caliber, so they'd have to see. A player I wouldn't give up anything for is Max Domi, the next player on this list from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's a UFA at the end of the season. I don't know what you can get for Max Domi. He's had a very poor career. Stupid penalties after stupid penalties. I think he stays in Columbus. If they get rid of him, it's going to be for late-round picks, if anything. Now, this player on this list, one of the most underrated... Boston Bruins forward Jake DeBrusque now you may be thinking Evan I've heard you rip Jake DeBrusque apart time and time again yes I have I rip everyone apart that's my job but Jake DeBrusque is supposed to be a goal scorer and he is one of if not the most streaky goal scorers in the NHL last night he showed his goal scoring ability as the Bruins played the Kraken can he continue that that's the biggest question with him Brayden thinks he's going to the Leafs. I think that's a great fit. They need bottom line scoring like him. Third or fourth line guy who can put the puck in the net occasionally. And I mean, hey, if the Leafs get a guy who can start putting the puck in more, they're not going to complain. The amount of cap space that he takes up won't matter with how many guys they have. He's also an RFA, so that's something to look into as well. Heading back down to Philadelphia, Rasmus in The big guy from Buffalo that they got, they thought he was going to help them out so much. Hasn't done much. He's a UFA. I see Braden thinks he's gonna stay I can't see him staying he wants to win Philadelphia is not winning anytime soon especially if they lose Drew which that's, def- that's a definite I'm pretty sure at this point they gotta get something for him he's a top end defenseman you can't let top end defensemen leave like that especially when you're struggling game after game like the Philadelphia Flyers have been this whole season a 10 game losing streak and a 13 game losing streak I know they're ahead of the devils but that is not good in any sense of the matter And then finally on this list, last defenseman, Ben Chirot from the Montreal Canadiens. Brayton thinks he's going to the Rangers. I don't see why not the Rangers could uh, use a big big defenseman like him. Montreal is not going to need him. He doesn't fit in their new rebuild or if they're trying to push now. Who knows what's going on in Montreal, but I just do not think Ben Chirot fits that criteria. Ladies and gentlemen, these truly are the glory days for me at Quinnipiac University. I am having a blast giving you guys all this sports information. Uh, all right, let's bring it over to the association. The All Star Game was the past weekend. Mixed reviews from all across the events, except the dunk contest. The dunk contest had no mixed views. Every review, bleh, every review was trash. That was the most boring dunk contest in the world. I'd rather see a bunch of toddlers start dunking on a two-foot rim or me dunking in a pool than watch that again. There was nothing interesting. There was no star players in it. They were all role players or bench players doing semi-creative dunks. Some guy threw on Tim's and did a dunk. Whoop-dee-doo. If you can dunk in regular shoes as an NBA player, I assume you can dunk in Tim's. That is nothing special. Get it? Yeah, he was a New York Nick. so Tim's, that's a New York meme. I guess it's funny. But it's boring. I remember the dunk contest. They were dunking over cars, mascots, Shaq. That's what he needs to be. And Shaq was one of the judges. He was not entertained. He didn't care. And he had to judge it. And that's not right. It should be interesting for everyone, the judges, the fans. So they got to maybe make a rule where star players have to go in it. Like, I get the whole thing where you don't want to get injured. But maybe don't have the competition if it's going to be a snooze fest. Back to the headline I said about the... best high school college basketball player. You guys probably know who I'm talking about. Zion Williamson, his name's been all over the media recently in the association, but not in the way he wants it to be. The first overall pick by the Pelicans in 2019 has been backlash from all across the NBA and by former teammate and other Duke graduate, J.J. Redick. At the trade deadline, the Pelicans traded for a top 50 player in C.J. McCollum. During the All-Star Game, C.J. said he had not heard from new teammate Zion and was disappointed. Then J.J. said, this on his first take show. This is a pattern of behavior with Zion that we are seeing again and again. I was his teammate. I can describe him as a detached teammate. This is an accurate statement. Not good. Having a young detached player with that much talent is not what anyone wants to see. You know, he has had his fair share of injuries due to his weight because the position he's playing at, you cannot be weighing that much, just too much like pressure on your knees, legs. But that's zero reason to be detached. You got to work hard through that. You got to. Your teammates can help you work hard through that. So being detached just is bad for numerous reasons. Pelicans fans must not be happy. Don't know too many Pelicans fans, but I'm sure they're not happy wherever they are. And it comes to think, when is Zion a bust? How many more injuries is Zion a bust? How many more games missed to see a bust? How many more teammates does he not talk to till he's a bust? Very interested. To see what is going to go on there. Zion also does not trust the vice president of the Pelicans. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's New Orleans. I mean, um, it's not a. People have left there before. The Brow left. Anthony Davis left. So maybe, maybe this isn't Zion. But then again, maybe it is. It's not like the Pelicans have had any success. So we'll see how that turns out to be. Tonight, amazing news. My 76ers get the elite shooter James Harden back for his first game in a Sixers uniform tonight against Dante's Timberwolves. We were looking at this game at the very beginning of the season. Hopefully it was in Philadelphia so we can go see it, but it's not. So we're obviously not seeing it, but that's going to be a great matchup. Can't wait to see Harden play. It's going to be very exciting to see him and Embiid playing together. But other things about the Sixers, because this whole trade with Simmons and Harden is all over social media. Apparently Joel Embiid push for Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards to make a deal you want to be on this team I mean personally that might be the better decision because Beal has never opted out to play before like Harden and hasn't caused a scene before but I do think Harden is a better player right now so if we are in win now mode and Harden wants to actually play basketball I'm happy with the Harden trade in an interview during the all-star game Embiid was asked, what happened with Ben Simmons? Were you trying to get him back? And Embiid said, he's like a brother to me. I was always trying to get him back on the team, back on the court, showing that everyone loved him. But at a certain point, I just had to give up. I didn't care anymore, man. And that makes 100% sense. Embiid has been the process for so many years. Simmons was the man next to him. And for Simmons to just crumble when the city of Philadelphia gave him a little heat. Unacceptable. I appreciate Embiid for trying to get him to stay. But Embiid knew Once it was done He knew he was gone He was gone And I mean Embiid can handle Philadelphia Embiid I feel like embodies What Philadelphia really is A troll He just loves having fun Going out there Playing the game amazingly But he gets in your head And that's what a real athlete's like And that sounds a lot like Brad Marchand, But you don't see Embiid Getting suspended For the uh, league record The rift in the Lakers management With power struggles Because LeBron's acting like a GM Le GM, LeBron James. I don't know what you want to say about LeBron here. In certain situations, he goes to Miami. They win a championship. He leaves. They're trash. And now they're starting to come back and be a good team. He wins in Cleveland. They're trash. Starting to become a good team. Goes to LA. Wins. Now they're trash. This is started to become a cycle with LeBron. He goes to a team. They trade their entire future for some stars, win a chip or two. He leaves. Maybe he goes back to Cleveland because that seems to be the path. He could go back to Cleveland again. That team has no future because LeBron James just left, and he traded away all your picks and players, and now you're left with nothing, and we're starting to see that in L.A., LeBron james is gonna leave when his son bronny comes to the nba and he basically said hey man whoever's drafting my son i'm coming to your team hands down so i mean you basically get a two for one right there you get the second best player to ever play the sport in lebron james and his son who could at like worst be a role player so i mean that's a win-win if you're getting that pick hembo agrees to sit out a year doesn't want to buy out more drama in the NBA, nothing new, so that's nothing really to talk about. Jordan Poole can get an $8 million deal over four years. I like that one. I really like Poole. I've liked him since his college days in Michigan, especially after he got that shot. And then he really became a staple player for that team and now starting to find his way over in the Golden State. Pacers Halliburton told Cavs and Hawks not to draft him because of team's existing backcourts. Ladies and gentlemen, never have I ever heard a team a player say I do not want to be drafted to that team Never mind. I definitely have heard of that before and I cannot place my finger on it But I actually have heard of that. Never mind. But again, that's not a good look. You don't want that to be happening halber You're in indiana I much would have rather been in atlanta. The hawks have a better future than you guys, but you know You are where you are you were supposed to be the hardest Sacramento, and they gave you up. So we'll see how your career goes. But he's going to be a good player. So I'll see what that means. If Maybe he goes there eventually. Karis Levert out for one to two weeks, and Yursef Nogic out at least a month with a foot injury. Time for the MLB section. You know, Dante's not here, so I had to take one for the team and talk about what is going on in the MLB. Only well, we a couple notes. Dante wrote them all for me because I have no knowledge of the MLB. Games will be canceled if a deal is not struck by Monday. That is three days away, ladies and gentlemen. It is looking like we're not going to be seeing some MLB games for a little while. And, you know, that is tough to see. I'm not an MLB fan, but you don't want to see sports getting canceled, regardless of what a fan you are of. We're in the lockout. MLB and PA agreed on DH lottery. Still need to agree on MLB service time and minor league salary. That's not good. But the fact that they got the designated hitter and the lottery agreed on is a good starting point. Obviously, the minor league salary was one of the bigger problems, so that might be a longer time to come into agreement on. The Yankees retire Paul O'Neill's number. Great career. Congratulations to Paul O'Neill. And there's a growing belief that Friedman will leave Atlanta. You know, I had that prediction of them winning. Um, So if he wants to leave, good for him. He earned it. He won. Good job, Friedman. All right, NFL. I'm sorry for whoever listens to this for the MLB. I'm, I am. But all right, NFL. The Colts looking for a new QB. I'd be looking for one too. Carson Wentz is not the answer. Wasn't the answer in Philadelphia after the injury. Not the answer down in Indianapolis. The Panthers tight end, Ian Thomas, gets a three year, 16.5 million deer, 8 mil guaranteed. Good luck for him getting that money, Ian. Kyler and the Cards are reportedly on the same page after exploring an extension. That's good. There's that whole drama with Kyler deleting photos and then the Cardinals only deleting photos that weren't Kyler. But I'm glad things are at least going right in one team in Arizona. John Lynch, 49ers GM, was approached for a broadcasting role with Amazon but did not reach a deal. Chiefs offensive coach Eric Benenemi... Expected to return to Chiefs after interviewing various teams regarding head coach's jobs. Rodgers posts a long emotional post after breaking up with Shaleen Woodley. Cryptic. Everyone th- thanks. He thanks everyone close to him. That's very odd for him to do that. They, uh was not getting any rings this year from his wife or from the Super Bowl. Uh, Rodgers has not made a decision yet. Multiple teams have made trade offers. And speaking of what's going on in Green Bay, the Packers may let Devontae test free agency. That might be scary. Someone could just smack him with a lot of money. And then there goes Devontae. There goes Rodgers. And the Pack just got cheese left. And the 49ers may bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Why? You got such a great team. And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. No. No, no, no. You don't do that. Regardless of what you think you should be doing, the man snapping, like taking snaps, should not be Jimmy G next year. Regardless of anything. Like, he may be a backup, pay him nothing, but he should not be starting. And then, Dante, if you're listening to this and you know which one's next, you know how much this pains me to read. The Chiefs bring back Matt Nagy as QB coach. You know, Matt Nagy, I hate that guy. You've heard it before. Uh, old Bears coach. The Bears passed up on his now quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, for Mitchell Trubisky. So now maybe he's like, oh, I finally get to work Mahomes. Thank God. And OBJ did have the child after the Super Bowl. Congratulations to him and his wife. And, you know, he's working back. He's going to be back in the lab grinding after this injury. He'll be back better than ever. Free agent. I'm sure he will sign back with the Rams. And that'll be good for OBJ. Nice future ahead of him, for him and his wife. Heading over to the college section, Friday night, the Bobcats defeat Dartmouth 5-0 with two goals from Oliver Chow and one goal each from Zach Metza, TJ Friedman, and Marcus Chorney. Then Saturday night, another Bobcats loss. I said they were rare last week, and I'm talking about another one now. one zero to Harvard. Harvard. I hate those people that are smart and good at sports. The worst. And in a battle of Whitney Ave on Tuesday, Yale gave a hard-fought 4-0 game, but the Bobcats were able to come out with the win. Goals from Oliver Chow, Desi Bougart, Gus Van Ness, and Joey Sipalone. Hard-fought two periods from Yale. Made the game competitive until the third when QU started to dominate every aspect of the game. Yale's last goal on QU home ice was in 2020. That's not good. Yikes. And the last Yale win against QU was 11 years ago. Yikes. We are a wagon, though. Everyone should know that. So I don't know why we would lose to Yale. Harvard, I can understand. Harvard's ranked Yale. We have no room in Yale, and we have it. 11 years. 11, 11 years. That, that's, that's a long time. Two big games this weekend as they take on Cornell and Colgate. Cornell is ranked 9 and 10 in two polls. So very important game, very important with playoff implications between our division and playoffs. And now we're going to go to a little bit of a serious topic before we get to this day in sports history. Everyone, I'm sure, knows what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, we're obviously not going to look at that, but we're going to look at the sports side of that. A lot of athletes on both Russian and Ukrainian nationalities have been asked what is going on, how do they feel about it. Obviously, no one's happy about it, but star players have come out and said things. Ovenchkin has said he's against it. That's good, obviously. Ovenchkin, before... People were saying, oh, it's not right to ask these players, especially the ones who have family there, because it might be a sensitive subject. But Ovenchkin did eventually come out with an answer. And, and in Dubai, finals for tennis, quarterfinals for tennis, the guy who won, you know, they do a little signature on the camera lens at the end of the match. Well, instead, he said, no war, please. He's using his platform greatly in that situation to just really express that. And it's definitely going again. Like he could definitely get in trouble with that with Russia, I'm sure, being an athlete. I'm sure he's not supposed to be doing that. But really putting himself out there for the Ukrainian people. And you love to see that, especially when he's in Dubai right now. That's not really a, concern, a direct concern to him. So we love seeing that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this day in sports history, the year is 1981. The most penalized game of all time at the time in the NHL. The Boston Bruins are playing the Minnesota North Stars. 84 penalties, a total of 392 minutes. That would be broken, though, in 2003-2004 season by the Ottawa Senators and the Philadelphia Flyers when they came up with 419 penalty minutes. They couldn't have gotten one more. Would have made me happy. But, you know, it's okay. Um... None of these... Like I'm not sure about North Stars Bruins because I wasn't alive at the time, but I can't imagine that being a rivalry. And I know Senators Flyers weren't a rivalry. So I don't know what was going on in those two games, but there was bad blood brewing because those are a massive amount of penalty minutes. You rarely see anything like that. I'm looking at the list right now of the top 20. And in the top 20, the most recent one is from 2010, 2011, Penguins Islanders. That makes sense. That's a rivalry. And that is... 80 minutes below so that's crazy how times have changed in the league and such all right thank you ladies and gentlemen for coming to my first solo podcast uh it's a shame dante can't be here but you know things happen thanks for listening on this remember to follow us on instagram tiktok spotify apple music and the pony express thank you guys for tuning in have a great weekend